All right, here we go. Uh, in three, two, and one. Hi, and welcome back to PRMC On Point, a discussion of the qualities, the values, and the contributions of Peninsula Regional Medical Center to the communities we serve. I'm Roger Fallabout, Director of Community Relations at Peninsula Regional Medical Center, and it's our great pleasure to have on the program today Dr. Jim Trumbull, who is the Vice President of Clinical Integration at PRMC and across the health system. Dr. Trumbull, welcome. Thank you very much, Roger. Great to have you here. Okay, so awesome title, Vice President <laughs> of Clinical Integration. What exactly does that mean? What do you do? So yes, very cool title. Uh, it's certainly not something that you see in a lot of uh, hospitals or health systems for that matter, but really my focus is within population health, um, specifically working with the practices to try to create collaboration with them and our health system in order to, to improve the healthcare, both in quality and effectiveness that we have for uh, the patients in our population in our community here. So, Jim, in this day and age of technology and as far as we've advanced in healthcare, are we still at a point where sometimes physicians in the community are not speaking the same language as the hospital and the hospital not the same language as physicians in the community and vice versa? Is that still happening today? Yeah, and if you think about it historically, 20, 30 years ago, the doctor that took care of you in their office also typically took care of you in the hospital as well. And over time and evolution of the medical staff and, and physicians in general, as well as advanced practice practitioners, um, that actually, those services have separated where mm -hmm. you have doctors that are strictly in the hospital and those who are strictly in an ambulatory setting. And over time, what's happened is the communication between the two um, has degraded to some degree. Um, I think there's lots of efforts that they put forward to try to you know, make that happen as best they can. Um, but you know, work being what it is, that, that has actually degraded over time. Uh, so part of what we're doing with this and thinking about clinical integration within population health is to try to reestablish that, create better transitions of care from the inpatient world to the outpatient world. Got it. Let's take you back a few years. Okay. Uh, as, a, as a young man, um, we like to ask this of every doctor who's on the program. How did you get interested in the field of medicine? So probably like a lot of physicians, you know, back in high school and college had a very, a, a big interest in science. And I think that's where a lot of people typically start from, because obviously, although medicine isn't a direct science applied field, there is a lot of science that goes into it, both in biology and chemistry, et, et cetera, and sometimes physics even. Um, but that said, I would say probably the biggest impact I had is actually when I joined the Air Force and the Air Force Reserve, uh, especially my reserve unit up in, in Dover. Um, very close-knit uh, group. Uh, there was a lot of, uh, a large social atmosphere to it in addition to being, you know, a military unit. Um, and the physicians in that unit where I worked, uh, which was the 512th clinic, um, really had a big influence on me. So there was a lot of questions I asked of them during that time because that's when I was trying to feel out, do I apply to medical school or not? And uh, without a doubt, that was a huge influence. They loved the interaction that they had with the patients. They felt like they made a difference. And that was very appealing. You really, you want that out of life. You want to know that you're making a difference. Absolutely. On top of being a physician, you're also a pilot. So how did you get involved in flying and how did you become interested in flying? So my dad was a pilot. And ironically, uh, my wife and I have a plane that's hangered out at Salisbury Airport. And in fact, it's actually just a, a few doors down for where my dad and mom had their airplane as well. So my dad and I, that was really very much a bonding thing for, for dad and I. And uh, we, 
we would go flying frequently. So it, it was funny um, over the, it, becoming an adult because that really I kind of gave up, so to speak, when I was about 18, 19, go off to college and you just don't have that, that time anymore to, to spend with your parents the way that you did. Mm -hmm. um, but I, I, I loved flying uh, when I was younger and really, really had this great desire to get back into it. So ironically, when I went back on active duty as a physician, uh, took lessons then and uh, and have been flying since about 2000. Do you still have time to get up and fly as much as you want to? Oh, not, not, not nearly as much as I want to. <laughs> you know, the great thing about flying is that, um, you know, we, we all have work stress and life stress and whatnot, but because when you're flying, it demands such a level of concentration, it is very clearing. And uh, it, it's really a great feeling when you come down and, and you're finished flying because you really have cleared your mind of everything else, it, in part because you have to, but in the end, it's, it's, a, it's just a, a great experience to have. And if I remember correctly, didn't you fly in here for your interview? Uh, yeah, actually, for one of them I did, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and this is kind of like a coming home for you, isn't it? It is, yeah. yeah. So I grew up here in Salisbury, uh, lived here till I was uh, about 18, and then, of course, joined the Air Force, and uh, since then, college, medical school, residency, and, and then practiced for 20-odd years. Yeah. Um, why Peninsula Regional Medical Center for you? What brought you back here uh, to us? So it was really a combination of things. Uh, obviously, number one was the, the position. Uh, this is something over the years. I, I practiced emergency medicine for, like I said, 20-plus years. Uh, had a part-time administrative job at my previous role uh, in, uh, out in Western Maryland. Uh, that led me into an evolution looking at, became more involved in population health and found that as I worked on both the inpatient and outpatient side in that role, found that there was a, a really a significant impact that you could have by ch making changes in the outpatient world. Um, better care for the patients, more effective, more efficient care there actually led to the need of less care in the hospital. And not only was that evident, but we did a few things at that previous job that really impacted the inpatient care. And so when this position came open, not only was it appealing from a position point of view, but you're right, it's moving home. Uh, I had that familiarity with Salisbury, loved living here when I was a kid, lots of stuff to do, loved the beach, can't, can't get away from you that. You can't get away from the beach ever. Um, so really it was just, it was a perfect package. Good, you know, we're always looking for docs. You know that, there's mm -hmm. no secret in that. So what kind of challenges, and in particular, family medicine physicians. Mm -hmm. So what type of challenges do we face recruiting uh, primary care docs to come back to this region and practice here? So Jim, no real secret here. You and I both know this. We're always looking for physicians. Everyone's looking for physicians. In particular, primary care physicians, family medicine docs. How do we recruit those individuals, those men and women to come practice here on the Delmarva? So I think the first piece of that is the fact that nationwide there's a, there's a, a need for primary care. Um, and although I think residencies have tried changing the, 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 the number of positions available for primary care, um, there is still an allure, a value, a lifestyle uh, benefit to being a specialist. Um, it, there is additional training that goes into it, but it, is, you know, it, it has its benefits and it, it's alluring for physicians in that respect. Um, that said, I think that um, Increasing those numbers is a means to it. Uh, part of that is what we're looking at here at Peninsula, and as well as our neighbors to the north, looking to potentially add on uh, residents here, adding on medical students. We already have some existing programs for advanced practice providers, and I think we're looking to, uh, to improve that aspect as well, to increase family practice in the area. 
Um, recruiting goes to a couple different things. Uh, there, are, there is things that are happening in Maryland um, specifically around population health and things that the state is trying to incentivize for physicians in order to uh, create a more robust environment so that it's, it's easier for them and, again, more effective for mm -hmm. them to, to care for patients here. And I think, in part, that is helpful in, in attracting physicians to the area. You touched on this a bit. We have been, for years, an industry that was focused on heads and beds, and that's how you ran healthcare. People came to the hospital. Now we are more and more focused on keeping people healthy, and as strange as this sounds, keeping them out of the hospital. So is that the trend? I mean, is that where healthcare is going these days? More toward wellness versus having you being cared for in a hospital setting? So it is. But if you think about it, even historically, I mean, you know, you look back to way back in the 60s and 70s, um, that was really where healthcare was. It was really in the offices. It was taking care of patients well outside of the hospital. You really only went to the hospital if you truly were very sick, right? Um, over time, um, changes really in payment models really drove to increase the number of patients coming into the hospital because it was more lucrative for <laughs> many people involved, not just the providers, but the hospitals as well. And ultimately, we recognize this back in even the late 80s and 90s, that that was an un unsustainable model. I mean, that the cost of healthcare was just rising you know, at, at extraordinary levels. Um, so it's taken some time, but since about the early 2000s, uh, we've recognized that an, a, a different way of looking at this, which we frequently, we frequently refer to as population health, is really the way that we needed to return to, being thoughtful about caring for patients better in the community, in the offices, uh, doing things to make sure that they can get those things done so that they have, number one, better quality of care, uh, but a care that's more effective and more efficient within the community. Ultimately, we want them to stay healthy and so that they don't need to be in the hospital. Mm -hmm. Part of that is this thing that you're building here as VP of Clinical Integration, and that's something called a physician enterprise. So what exactly is a physician enterprise and what do you hope to accomplish from it? So physician enterprise is really about uh, integrating and engaging physicians. And part of that is recruiting those people that we can put into leadership positions as physicians. Sometimes it's a medical director, sometimes it's a position like mine. Um, but really, that's, it's, that's the avenue that I think that we're going towards. Certainly, uh, Dr. DeBerry and Dr. Fiddler are, are directly involved in this as well. Uh, Dr. DeBerry as vice president of that enterprise for those practices that are directly part of PRMC. But as we think about it as an enterprise, while we might think of our own employees, um, historically, the, the, the way physicians were involved in a hospital was very informal. There was typically no contracts. They applied, they lived in the geographic area, they applied to have privileges here at the hospital, and that was how it was defined. Now that's changing somewhat. There is a, a greater integration, so to speak, of those physicians in, in our area, as well as those who are employed by the hospital. And so ultimately what you need is some leadership within those groups, and part of that is where I come in, and mm -hmm. some of that is practice transformation. It is helping out the physicians in those practices uh, to work better and work smarter and, um, and so that they, the care that's being provided, and it's not just clinical care. Uh, some of this is the support services as well, IT, connectivity, uh, social work support. All of this goes to the overall quality of care that those patients are receiving because ultimately the physician can do a great job. He can diagnose a problem, write a prescription, 
but if the patient can't, uh, doesn't have the transportation or doesn't have, isn't able to afford their medications, ultimately they can't comply with the plan. And that's, you know, without that piece of it, then it's, it's, a, it's a failing effort, even as good as a clinician may be. Mm -hmm. um, there are a number of moving pieces to putting this whole thing together. And I know we're very early in the process and you're new to this and your role mm -hmm. here at Peninsula Regional, but how have your peers responded to this out in the community? So I've been here since uh, November of last year, 2019. But in general, very well. Uh, I, 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 it's funny, uh, you know, when you come into a new area, because, you know, I think about having practiced in the, my previous job for almost 20 years in addition to that administrative role, you have a bit of institutional knowledge, right? So I knew everybody, mm -hmm. knew everything. Coming here, I'm brand new. I know very few people, except for a couple that I actually knew from junior high <laughs> and high school, ironically. Um, but working with the physicians in the area, they've been incredibly receptive. Uh, it, it's, it's been a great experience, um, much better than I actually anticipated. Not that I expected everybody to be adversarial, I didn't. Um, but at the same time, I, I wasn't sure how I would be accepted as someone who's coming in had, having not been a part of this organization you know, for in, the, in the previous days. Um, but everybody has been actually great. Uh, um, I'd say, especially within our accountable care organization, the one, the, some of the people that stand out. Um, you know, we have a handful of uh, practices in that group. And uh, as I've come in and talked about some of the things that uh, I had done previously, um, ears were wide open and, and willing to listen to those things and, and, and accept them as, uh, as new ideas that can be beneficial here as well. Yeah, that's awesome. What is, two-part question here, okay. what is the biggest challenge you face in putting this together? And similarly, what are some of the challenges that those physicians in the community face that you want to bring into this physician enterprise? So I'll start with the second half okay. there. Um, so certainly uh, part of it is the, the, the difficulties I think that we have in our area being a, a rural healthcare area of the, in the entire Eastern Shore uh, as a whole. So there are difficulties, kind of some of the social aspects that I had mentioned before. Mm -hmm. I think that's the greatest difficulty that most physicians are actually uh, um, are finding here in the area. Um, taking care of the patients, as I said, when they see them, they can do the things that they need to do as far as making a diagnosis, uh, writing prescriptions for medication, doing the referrals that they need to, uh, but ultimately getting those patients to follow through with that. And, and that's not necessarily on the patients, but helping them or assisting them in some way in getting those things done so that they can keep their health uh, improved to the point where they're able to enjoy their life at home. I think that's where they run into the problem. Now, for, for me specifically, it, it, some of it has been integrating that into the practices, uh, that aspect of it, having our case managers, our practice transformation folks coming in there and, and trying to make some of those changes so that the practices can more effectively um, uh, seek out those aspects of uh, the, those social issues and put them into place. Mm -hmm. And this is not just unique to Salisbury. Across the United States, we see a lot of physicians and practices that are joining major health systems. Mm -hmm. does, it, um, does it allow, this is an interesting way to phrase this, but it may be the only way I know how. Does it really allow a doctor to again become a doctor and all the office functions, the billing functions, you no longer have to worry about, you could just be a doc what you went into medicine to do? So it does, and, and it varies in different areas, obviously, right? There's, it's different in a rural area than it is in an urban area because um, in many urban areas, there's 
not just a, a concentrated number of medical centers to then go between, uh, but there's just other services there that many times we don't have here on the shore. Um, the, the population, our hospitals, the medical centers, even some of the post-acute post um, healthcare areas like nursing homes and home health are very spread apart. And because the population is smaller, their, their staffing is not to the same degree that they might be in an urban area. And that also goes to that difficulty that I think physicians have in the area, but the health system too. I mean, ultimately the health system is also held accountable to take care of these patients. Sure. I mean, that's some of the programs that we even have within the state uh, puts that onus on the health system specifically. How do we as patients benefit from something like this when a physician enterprise gets formed in our community? So along those lines, the idea would be that you know you're you are just like you said before taking away some of those administrative aspects that a physician may have in a practice, and because there's fewer practices here, though the administrative demands are actually much greater on uh, the physician leading mm -hmm. that practice. So you remove that. Ultimately, it allows the physicians to focus in on specifically what they train to do: mm -hmm. take care of patients. And in many respects, it's relieving. I can tell you, even in emergency medicine. Uh, that was really not something. We had our office manager, and although we were an independent practice, we functioned very much the same way. The administrative tasks were really taken off of our hands with the exception of a very few things, and not having to worry about that was a huge relief. Sure. You and I both know we have the we have an affiliation process going on right now with both uh, McCready Hospital in Crisfield and the Natacoke Health Services in Seaford. How does that all fit into this physician enterprise? So. Going forward, obviously, uh, Nanticoke has their group of physicians and McCready has uh, physicians down there as well. So with McCready, the plan is, and obviously this is still an evolution, so there's nothing written in stone just yet, mm -hmm. but we certainly have uh, intense in going forward with these. Um, McCready Group will actually become part of uh, the Peninsula Medical Group. The Nanticoke Group will be part of the health system. And certainly there's going to be benefits that we hope to gain uh, either for them or from them, uh, Nanticoke specifically. Um, so it's, it's, it's that piece of it as we work together to try to figure out how do we collaborate better, how do we cooperate better uh, in order to uh, look at those aspects and say, well, that's something you're definitely doing better. We need to start doing that or vice versa. And I assume the patient benefits from best practices when sure. you bring major health systems together. Let me ask you this, and I'll get you out of here on this. Um, healthcare on the Eastern Shore. Uh, you've come back, you grew up here, mm -hmm. you born and raised here. What do you see in the next five to 10 years here on the Eastern Shore as it relates to healthcare and the way we take care of people? So I, I think there's a couple different aspects of that. So you know, if, if, you, if you think about, obviously we, you mentioned the fact that we're gonna have these affiliations here in the near future, but there's certainly still hospitals in the area that are not part of that affiliation. That said, healthcare in the future, even though we may be geographically separated and even financially relative to the state um, separated as well, we have got to do a better job of working together, collaborating, cooperating with other health systems and hospitals to figure out how do we interweave this. We do a good job when we talk about transitioning a patient from our hospital to a local um, post-acute facility like a nursing home. But we can stand to do better when it comes to working with other hospitals in other areas. And that, has, that needs to become seamless um, because without it in this environment, uh, because it's only gonna get tighter for us. Um, the, the cost of healthcare is just too high and we've gotta figure out ways to be, work together better 
uh, in order to facilitate that in an effective and efficient way. Well, Dr. Trouble, I wish you great success with that. Thank you. Sounds like you've got a lot to do, but it sounds <laughs> like a really wonderful, wonderful project coming together. It is. And thanks for being on the show with us My as pleasure. Well. Thank you very much. My pleasure. And that'll do it for this edition of PRMC On Point. If you'd like to find out all of the great things that are going on across the health system and at Peninsula Regional Medical Center, you can certainly find that on our website at Peninsula. Org. For Dr. Jim Trumbull, I'm Roger Fallabout. Thanks for being with us, and we'll see you on the next edition of PRMC On Point.